A lot of people wanna know what you doing on our show When you haven't been relevant since 2004 Spending my days working hard on the go Yo, it's platinum on the mic, going hard on these hoes Hey, double J, you a double A, ho Really thinking you could be the claim? No, not to have you tapping like a Morse code I stay scheming like I'm global force gold You're a carny, ripping people off every minute Gizet is off, Mizad is it, is it The king of the mountain for this ass whooping The last outlaws, last match, last booking Slap you so hard till my palms hurt You're the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer Feeling upwards is just your way of life And you stealing money like it's Kurt Angle's wife R-A-S-S-L-E, wrestler Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard You're a carny, Jeff, you're the master The acclaim, we always get the last word I pimp slap you, turn your hat backwards I'ma have you seeing stars like a password Still here in 2020, what? That is absurd Got me laughing at you so hard, make my abs hurt Wait, what do we have here? It's Ring of Honor's top guy from their bad years. Jay Lethal's only known for imitating dudes. 20 year veteran and no one's imitating you. Lost to Flair, he was 74. By the way, Jay, my elbow is better than yours. I got over, I ain't have to copy macho. When I'm on the top rope, you're in TNA so long. You got Stockholm Syndrome, split you like a wishbone. Jared, I'ma slap these nuts on your chin bone. Carry the guitar, can't play one lick. Only thing that you stroke is your little ass. R-A-S-S-L-E, wrestler Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard You're a carny, Jeff, you're the master The acclaim, we always get the last word Yo, 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 there it is, probably You know what, rap has been featured in wrestling many times PN News um, What were those guys, what was the group in WCW rap? Um, oh, something Nation Army or something like that. Um, I can't look at neither one of us can even yeah, yeah. remember the name. <laughs> but the acclaimed, they are a rap act that I love, so that's why I wanted to play their little. Oh, rap it was thing. The, sorry, it was the No Limit Soldiers. That's that was right, it. No yeah, Limit yeah. Soldiers. That's right. And against the um, uh, West Tech, the West yeah, Texas Rednecks. Rednecks, right? Rap okay. is trap, baby. <laughs> wow. That song was funny, but I have to say the acclaimed have really got it down and they use it really great. And that little song that they did this week uh, against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, I thought was great. It was packed with uh, so many great parts, which we'll get to when we get to that part. Oh, there's a couple uh, of stiff parts, too, man. Oh, boy. (laughs) A couple. Geez. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of stiff stuff in this and just the whole way it was presented visually and uh Really, really uh, great fun piece here on the this week's show, which is the final Dynamite of 2022, uh, New Year's Smash. I'm Dan the Mouth Lavransky, and Joe Aguinaldo is here as well. Joe, uh, we're past Christmas now, although still in the holiday break for both of us. Uh, how how was your Christmas? How did it work out? You know what? It was. Uh... First of all, it was insane amounts of food. I think I, yeah, I'm, I saw I'm, that picture you posted of the spread. The one day. I'm like, did you guys like cook all that yourselves? No, no. Some some of it like it was a potluck. So like you know. Oh, like, okay. So was, everybody was bringing some. Yeah, yeah. Some and there was some catered stuff, but oh man, I was eating. Like I, I think I finally <laughs> today is like last of the leftover days, and I mean. That, like it wasn't just me that had left. Like our family that had leftovers. There was like three other families that had that's leftovers. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's insane. such a 
that's something that I love about the holidays is having that big meal and then enjoying it, like you said, for two or three days afterwards, right? Like I'm a huge fan of turkey sandwiches. So I love that there's lots of turkey left over so I can just freaking eat sandwiches for two or three days. So I think you that's... You know what? Speaking of that, just like, because I am, I've never been the biggest turkey guy. Okay. okay. Um, and this year... To be honest with you, like, don't laugh. This was the first year that I've had turkey for something like 40 years. Wow. Yeah, because we just don't do turkey. I'm not a turkey. Like, we've never been a turkey family. I got to admit, it was pretty good. <laughs> like, like It's actually because for me, I really do save it for stuff like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Really only have it twice a year. I look forward to it. I, I quite enjoy it. See, and again, that's the thing, because usually for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we'll do, like, like a ham or we'll right. chicken. Or, right. like, like my family tradition is I'll just go grab a bunch of rib grill steaks and then just do barbecue. Yeah, which is a great tradition <laughs> to have. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to mention, though, for the listeners as well, because I don't know what kind of presents or gifts you got. But I got one that was pretty freaking cool, a total surprise. And I think you had something to do with it. Uh, (laughs) This is great. Uh, We had actually talked about this. Joe had told me about these new books by Jonathan Foy on Japanese wrestling. The one is called Gambaru, uh, which is about the all Japan split when when um, uh, Misawa took everybody and went and formed Noah. And then the other one is simply called the Mudo years. So you know what that's all about. Kind of a history of Keiji Mudo. And when I opened them, I was in total shock because my partner, Katie, she's not a huge wrestling fan. She kind of deals with it and that. And I'm like, where the hell did you find these? And she goes, she goes, oh, Joe sent me a message. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, he sent me a message saying if I, I was looking for stuff for you, here was two things you'd really like. So thank you, Joe Aguinaldo. <laughs> For taking the initiative i i mean i know you and i had talked about the books because you got them both yourself right yeah yeah i, I got them on uh, electronically on Kindle, right on but like, well whatever. and that, that was the thing because when like like i sent her that message a while ago <laughs> like, right um and and it was you know because i i i was reading ganbaru at the time and uh and um i i you know i just kind of flipped flipped her a, a message to say, hey, if you're looking for stuff for Dan, here, here's something that I'm reading. I think he'll appreciate it. Now, the funny part about the Mudo years, though, okay, I didn't even know about that book until I read a review of Ganbaru that said, yeah, the Mudo years is kind of like a, a, compl- a compliment to that Ganbaru right. book. Right. So I looked that up. I'm like, oh, it's around the same time. So, like, I think about three weeks later, I said, yeah, here's another idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Katie said that when she went to order Gonbaro, it had it offered a deal of, oh, get this and the Mudo years together. Mm-hmm, so she mm-hmm. just went, OK, I'll just get them both. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So. So, yeah. And I'm in the middle of the Mudo years. And I know we've talked about this uh, off podcast, but like. One of the things that they talk about in the book for the Mudo years specifically is that like uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was one of uh, sorry Mudo was Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi's mentor right. in New Japan and in early the early 2000s when he was going to go to All Japan he actually asked Tanahashi to go with him 
Now imagine if that had happened. Wow, yeah. You know, what I mean? think about what the landscape yep. of New Japan wrestling yep. might look like. A you know, a lot what I mean? different. It would yeah. be a lot different. Yeah, no, that's like, when I read I just, that, I was blown away. So. Yeah, that is that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I just started reading up. Uh, uh, Gambaru and I, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to diving right in. Yeah, you know what? Know, knowing the way that you read, you'll probably read that in a night or two. Like it, yeah, it was one of it was one of those for me. Like I just couldn't put it down. Yeah, yeah, and, I could see no. that happen and getting caught up in it, and yeah. Yeah, I love, no, I, one last I love thing the about that endorsement on the back of Gambaru, the endorsement Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I enjoyed it and I learned some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like one of the last things I'll mention too is when I saw that, like when you posted that picture of your presence on on social right. media right? right and i saw the two books and i'm like oh cool i was gonna make a comment and then i thought like the way that you posted it i wasn't sure if katie had told you so i was gonna like nah i'm gonna kayfabe him <laughs> like, you know yeah. I mean? like, no no because i said well i sent her i said how the hell did you find out about these i'm like come on a book on misawa and mood i'm like come on <laughs> and i said was it i actually said i think was it joe and she goes yeah joe messaged me i'm like oh so Thank you very much, Santa Aguinaldo, <laughs> for putting your two cents in there. Because, uh, yeah, totally looking uh, looking forward to that. And uh, I, quickly, I don't know if you saw my other post on Instagram, but if you're an old school wrestling fan and you want some cool pint glasses, you need to hit up Giant Tiger because they are selling uh, a set with Flair, Piper, Savage, and the Warrior. Four set, four glasses. And it's just a little over 20 bucks. It's a really good deal. Uh, so you might want to. I was at Giant Tiger yesterday and I scored that. I also scored a Bret Hart one and an Undertaker one that they were selling separately. So cool. you might want to check those out, man. I, I'm so happy now I can have a beer with Roddy Piper. Oh, nice. So, yeah, you should check those out. Okay, that's our Christmas. Hope you all had a good Christmas and are still enjoying your holiday here. Um, before we get into this, I have to say I was quite happy that Dynamite and AEW did a full-on regular show. I I I really wasn't looking forward to a recap show. Um, I know oh, it's dude, a tough... if, if it had been a recap show, I would have said let's not do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think, and I think you're right. I don't think we'd have would have needed to do it, but I was just glad they didn't go that route and presented a full-on show. And again, I thought a pretty damn good. Uh, show as well so let's get into it we get started right off the top uh brian danielson versus ethan page this was set up on the tv last week uh this is a great match to start with crowd was so excited like right out of the gate they're really uh, going to town stokely comes out with P ethan page and he's wearing a hat he's wearing an aew hat and i don't know if this was a response to the comments about the light shining off his head or whatever, but it seemed very strange to see Stokely in an <laughs> he, AEW hat. Also, his facial expressions through that great. entire match was yes. hilarious. He was he was really good. <laughs> He's one of those guys, yeah, that you're right, with the facials and the reactions to things. He yep. can yeah, he's very good with all that kind of stuff. Um before the match can get started, MJF's music hits, but he's not coming out. He's up in like an executive suite there in the arena uh, with, um, I don't know, it might have been a Chardonnay, although I know Taz had the hardest time in the world pronouncing the word Chardonnay. I'm not sure why. <laughs> he stumbled all over it. Uh, but yeah, MJF was up there having some wine and he had a female companion with him. 
Uh, so he's up there watching this match here because he's. She's, by the way, her her she goes by the name of Daddy Doom. She's an independent wrestler. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I figured she probably was. And right? but but the thing is, a lot of people were calling her like Shotzi 2.0, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like really? Like like come on. Gee, how that is so that is so Nick nitpicky wrestling fan that's that, it yeah right? that, that's, that's, uh, but that's it right there in a yeah. nutshell the friggin' nitpicking that you guys get up to unbelievable yeah that, that's I'll, that's tribalism at its best yeah so. that's just brutal come on i i like how mgf said she was the only hot chick in all of colorado since they were in denver for this so we get into the match in fact Paige is able to jump brian because he's distracted by mjf up in the boot um there's an asshole chant for MJF from the crowd. So, yeah, the match starts off with Paige basically dominating early. But, you know, Brian gets control quickly. He's laying in the kicks and the chops. He's going after the knee and the ankle of Ethan Page. Uh, Stokely got up on the apron at one point. Brian knocked his hat off. That You uh, know what? That that was so funny. It was. Did, I love that. Like, he comes up. And he just knocked the hat off, and then Stoke just looked at him, and I was like, "That was cool." Like, I don't know why, I just thought that was so great. Um, and so from that, they go in, they go into pick and pick. Ethan's beating up Brian on the outside. Uh, Ethan, this was weird in the pick and pick. Paige put the hat of Stokely on and went right up into the camera and cut one of those promos where he's so close to the camera you can hear him. Except we were in pick and pick. So you could not hear him, which I, so I thought that was kind of silly, um, kind of useless. Uh, they come back from commercial. Ethan's still in control. They're exchanging forearms back and forth. You know, Brian just gets in there, just kicks and chops the shit out of him. Like, he took a lot of heavy kicks in this match. Actually, uh, you know what? Like, that's the one thing I've noticed about Danielson lately. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but, like, have you noticed that when you note out a Danielson match, right? It's like Danielson gets the advantages with chops and kicks in the corner. <laughs> like that, that's all like all of my uh, Brian Danielson notes is like chops, yeah. kicks, chops. No, kicks. it's it's, <laughs> it's very true. I don't know if he's like, you know, settled into too much of a routine. No, or what. You, you know, what? I, I no, I sorry. I don't mean that as an insult. His like what I've found is that his offense has just gotten very meat and potatoes. It's very it basic, it's but basic, I, but, yes. but I love it. Like it like. Yeah. He does it well. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, no, this was definitely what I would call a Ryan Danielson match rather yes. than yeah. Ethan Page match. It was definitely his style. Um, uh, Brian did the Hurricane Rana off the top. He also did a dive to the outside, but he missed. That allowed Page to take over for a while. But then Brian got him with a DDT on the outside. Um he got him back in the ring. He got, got the label lock on him, but Paige managed to make it to the ropes. Um, they were fighting, got up on the top corner. Paige actually gives him a power slam off the top for a Oof, near fall. That looked, that looked good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It looked a little weird. It looked like Brian landed maybe a little bit on his side more than his back. But, yeah, it still looked great. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian got the running flying knee and then just stomped, on, grabbed the wrists and stomped on his head for a while. He put him in the label lock again, uh, but it looked like Paige was kind of already, he was out. already out. He was, I yeah. think he was out. The idea was he was out before he even put him uh, in the See, label lock from all it, the stomps to the head. And was it, was it the label lock or was it the regal stretch? Because I wrote that, I, that looked like the oh. regal stretch to me, right? It could have been, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I could easily be wrong. 
uh, even though I just finished watching it right before we did this, but I could totally be wrong. Yeah, uh, I wasn't I wasn't sure because it looked like he had that kind of like side abdominal stretch on, which I thought right. was the regal stretch. So, um, well, whatever it was, um, <laughs> they didn't really need to do it. Cause no, they, no, they, they, they did the they did the idea that all the stomps to the head were mm-hmm. enough to take Paige out. So he was already out. Uh, so uh, ref stops it. Brian gets the win. Um, they showed MJF reacting in the box and Brian calling him down, but of course he didn't show up or anything. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great, stiff, intense opening match. Um, you, you know, know what? Thought- and both guys, like Paige looked great. Yeah. Like there, there were moments when I thought, oh shit, is he going to win? You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, Stoke was like, everyone was great <laughs> like in this match. Yeah. And I'm really glad they didn't do if Paige, if, you know, if they were going to have Paige win or whatever, I was hope I was glad they didn't do any of that kind of stuff where someone's distracted by MJF in the no, booth no, and you roll them up. And I like, hate those finishes, it, it, right? It's it's I w- it's OK if Stoke does it because Stokely is the manager. Fine. Right. But I'm just glad that it was it was a straight off match. There was some distraction yeah. from Stoke. But at the end of the day, it was just. It was a solid, hard hit, great opening match. I mean, yeah, you know, I yeah, can't really, I, can't really say much more beyond that. Yeah, you know, you know again, this was again. I'm, I don't imagine, and we're doing taping this really early, so and there's probably no ratings because of holidays, anyways. But I, I don't know if the ratings will be high for this just because it's the holidays. But man, there was some pretty intense stuff. They did a pretty intense show for a kind you know, of in betweener, you know. Let me let me get this out of the way right now because <clears throat> I'm of two minds of this show. Okay. Um, like when I when I watched it live, I'll admit it pissed me off. Not because really? it was a, no no not because it was a bad show, but because it, like there was a lot of heat in the show. Right? Yeah. Like like you know MJF coming up heat, Ethan Page his promo coming down heat. Like you know Stokely heat. Like later on Ruby and Willow versus uh, Ty and Anna heat. Samoa Joe heat. Like there was a lot of heat going on in the mat or in in the show. And I'll admit, I I live, I just felt it was like, oh, this is too heavy for the holidays. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, I was you like, thought they were doing too much. Yeah, I thought it was too too much heat. Like I, I was pissed off because of the heat, which I guess is the job, <laughs> right? Like That's if, they're, it. Exactly. if they're making me hate the show because I hate the performers, not that I want to turn it off, then they're doing their job. So yeah. like when I watched, because I did watch it again later or earlier this morning, just just you know without noting it out, and I'm like. No, this was a pretty good show. I just think that, like, you know, it was during the holidays, so I was like, right. I'm not, I'm not in intense wrestling mode in the holidays. I hear you. You know, I hear you. No, I again, I thought so too. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I thought, wow, this is really yeah, a no, full-on show. And for I think a that holiday was, break. You know, I think that's what it was. It was just the timing of it. Like, right. had this been done next week, next week, yeah. I this, I would have said this is an awesome show. But because it was a holiday show, I was kind of hoping that they were going to have, you know, like even the WWE had some comedy going on uh, during their their Christmas shows. Right. So this was just an intense heat show. You know, there was no let up. And I think that's what pissed me off. But uh, again, but see, that's I, I would, that's the I job. Would, right. I would take. Yeah, I would take the point that that's great that, you know, because they they know that WWE is going to be pretty fluffy and lightweight. Yeah. and goofy this time of year and i thought i thought this is really great to show well no you don't necessarily have to do that just because it's christmas Yeah, no no and and this is why i say i'm I'm of two minds because if you read my comments from the the post last night i was like fuck this yeah (laughs) you you were mad i know you were mad (laughs) but it was again like 
when I think back on how wrestling's supposed to be, and again, you know, we always talk about old school and stuff like that. Like this was a very conceptually old school show. <laughs> like, yeah, you know yes, what I mean. It yeah, was just heat, yeah. heat, heat, and more heat. It right? was, it was, yeah. Uh, okay, so after this match, uh, they showed a quick uh, piece to push the Wardlow Joe TNT title match, which is coming up in the main event. I I love this vignette. Yeah, love, this was amazing. Yeah. yeah, Joe said he likes to study his prey. He says people knew I were coming for all the belts, including yours, Wardlow. He goes. We battled together as partners, and I took notes, and I know what makes you tick. He goes, you're coming back to take it from me, but you didn't do your homework. And again, you forget how good yes. Samoa Joe is yes. on the mic. Holy yeah. crap. Right. Well, I love it because he's a big guy, and you expect screaming and yelling, but he doesn't do screaming. No, nope, he's cerebral. He's, you know what, it's, it's. I don't I don't want to say Bruiser Brody because Bruiser Brody did yell a lot, but they yes, did call yes. him the intelligent monster. And that's yeah. kind of what it reminds me of, like yeah, that, no, I, that, that just, idea. You know, when he comes out uh, and he's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I am the king of television. <laughs> he's very matter of fact about it. He's not screaming, hey, you people, I'm the king of television. He's like very matter of fact. Well, he, even his, uh, you know, his, his, this is Samoa Joe coming out, you know, taking time out of my busy schedule to wish you yes! and the family season's yes! greetings like yes! from last right. week. That was this is so right. good, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so after that airs, we cut to the back. Uh, Wardlow is with Renee. Uh, she goes, some pretty powerful words from Joe about this match. Wardlow said, oh, yeah, powerful words. He goes, there's been too many words. Tonight's going to be powerful action. And at the, the perfect cue, Joe runs in and gives him some powerful action and attacks him with a metal pipe and goes right after the knee. And basically putting the match in jeopardy um and he's just screaming he's just screaming at wardlow after he takes him he's like i did this to you i did this to you well, uh, so like it was great and it allowed a story to actually be created for this particular for mat, yeah. episode because and, they, and they the announcers were on this all, all night yeah show. Ex- exactly and like, that they did a great job with this early on and then the announcers kept we don't you know tony i hear you were backstage trying to find out what's going yeah. on yeah i don't know what's going on they won't let me talk to him like they did a great job <laughs> with keeping you interested and, all through the show and even wardlow's like just like he like i know he only said like a line but it was perfect it was like like, you know, powerful words, that's the problem. There's been too many of those. Tonight's about powerful action. Great. Y- y- you almost wanted to hear what he was going to say, and then Joe came in and attacked him. And I was like, that's perfect. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It like, was good. That was, really- that, that was a really well done thing. And, like, I loved what Joe was yelling at him because he said he's like he's yelling at him like, you want action? You want action? I did this to you. Right? I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, But, again – now, let me go back to the live Joe Aguinaldo watching this heat. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was going crazy at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I was when it first happened, I was like, yeah, this is cool. But then what really got me was how much the announcers kept yeah. on it. Yeah. Like, because this is such a typical thing in a show before a big match for someone to come out and attack one of the guys. But And then it's usually forgotten. These guys just kept it in our minds constantly. I think yeah, they pre- referenced it almost every match. Pre- yeah, pretty much every segment there was at least a mention of has anyone heard about Wardlow yet? Are we going to yeah. have a main event? We don't yeah. know. Like it was like that kind of thing. I like and that. Then, and I uh, know I, I you know what that that reminded me of like 
Oh man, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Vince Russo, <laughs> Vince Russo used to do that during the, the Attitude Era. Like they would they would set something up at the beginning of the show, and then Jr. and the King would talk about it throughout the whole show until they got to that point, right? So, um, kudos to the announce team though. They they did a really good job yesterday. Okay, we went to commercial break. We came back. Renee's with uh, Hangman Page and the Dark Order. Uh, they're with the Doctor backstage. He's still trying to get an update on his condition. It's obviously that, you know, it's obvious Paige is irritable. He kind of just jumps on Renee and then apologizes to her. Um, you know, he said it's week to week. I haven't wrestled in months. I'm frustrated. He said, I wish I had an answer for everybody, but we don't. Uh, Renee mentioned that Moxley and Claudio had a match coming up. Uh, and he got real excited because he's got this thing going on with Moxley. But they he, he stood up, but they calmed him down, sit back down. The doctor says, we're tracking your progress. And he said, I think there's potential for you to be back in the ring in two weeks. Uh, he goes, but if you keep getting riled up and do something, we might never get you back in the ring. So that kind of sunk in for Hangman. Uh, he relented. And they were basically continuing with the checkup as that segment ended. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still with the Dark Order, for one thing. Okay, so couple talking points number one i actually really liked that little flare-up that he yes, had with renee with at the renee, beginning. yeah like it like it was subtle but it it reminded you that yeah like you know you might have a vested interest right even though renee doesn't right <clears throat> and you know and the fact that he quickly apologized that was cool right i i, I don't ask me why i thought that was really cool um that said I got to give a shout out to one of our patrons, uh, Dax, Dax, Xavier, Josiah, uh, um, DJ, Dax, the other Dax. Anyways, yes, yes. He, he actually gave me a perspective on this that makes sense because, like, you know, he said to me in the post, because I mentioned the whole Adam Page uh, Dark Order thing. He actually said, yeah, but like, you know, you probably have friends that are, you know, considered dorks. Do you, you know, do you give them up, too? And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. So. I still am not a huge fan of the Adam Page Dark Order um, Association, but I'm at peace with it. How's that? It's funny. It seems like their whole purpose now is just to be there for Page. Like, you don't yeah, yeah, see them yeah. involved in like, anything my, else, right? I, I guess where, where I think I'll enjoy it even more, and this is like to me totally booking – is if is if Adam Page goes total heel and completely disses them, destroys them all, or beats yeah. them all up, or something. Yeah. But, but but DJ, thank you for your perspective. I appreciate it. <laughs> so. And one other thing I got to mention: Hangman Page was wearing an awesome Rawhide Kid T-shirt. And in the world of comic book T-shirts, you know, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, it's easy as pie to find one, right? Rawhide Kid, not I would so much. Love to know where he found a Rawhide Kid t-shirt. I mean, it's one of Marvel's, I mean, bottom of the barrel characters. Dude, that, Only that the is, old guys like me know who the Rawhide Kid is. That's a comic from the 60s. Like, and it was, that, that, uh, that's when you go to the comic book store and they have, like, the 25-cent bin. And you might find one there. <laughs> like, yeah. You know I mean? Like, oh, yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, there used to be this place near my parents where they had that. They just had piles and piles of old comics and you could buy like, you know, 10 for a dollar or something. It was ridiculous. And, yeah, I would always find those old Marvel Western ones. Ride Kid, Kid Cole Outlaw, Two Gun Kid. Those those were great. And that I love that shirt. So I'm like, I'm on the lookout for one of those shirts now. All right. Hang on. Let me. Uh, I doubt this will happen. 
but let me tag him in a tweet a tweet and see if he can tell us <laughs> <laughs> that would be great all right yeah so, that would be good so all continue right. on with the recap okay. i will do the tweet and i will all let right. you know so uh yeah as they mentioned as renee mentioned the next up it's claudio and moxley against top flight so we got darius and dante martin and now that um darius is back they're really obviously making um, and a real effort here uh, to get these guys over as a team. This was, again, this was a pretty great match. Uh, you know, and same as the first one, stiff, intense. Um, I spotted what I think is one of the best signs I've seen in the crowd in the longest time, right at the beginning of this match. Some guy had a sign that said, my wife thinks I'm at Bible study. I'm like, <laughs> I died. I'm like, I thought that was absolutely amazing. I thought that was really funny. Uh, so, yeah, Claudio and Mox make their way out there kind of through the crowd. Uh, top flight, I think, are already in the ring. Uh, in fact, yeah, they get in there and they both get knocked out of the ring by um, top flight. And they both do crazy dives on them right off the top. But... Moxley catches, I, I don't know which one it was, and threw him into the barrier. And Claudio caught the other one and dropped him on the barrier. So it was the idea that, yeah, these guys can fly, but these guys are strong and they know they know what to do and how to deal with this. So that's basically Moxley and Claudio dominating off the top. Um, the first pick and pick came after Darius chop blocked Moxley's knee and they took over, which I thought was kind of weird for the faces to be in control or sorry the the well no i guess it's right well i guess actually we don't know who's this is mostly kind of two healed yeah like two babyface teams i guess right i I mean i i wouldn't consider either of like i i mean top flight to me is a babyface yeah but i I don't necessarily consider mox claudio a heel team they're more of a tweener type team yeah i guess so so. you're right like when they hit that chop block on on mox and then like they took over i was like well uh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure what to make yeah. of it. Yeah, I um, just thought it was, it, te- it seemed to me like the pick and pick should have been the other way around with Mox and Claudio kind you know of what? in control. That, that said, though, like, when you think chop block, that's usually heel. You know, considered a heel move. Totally. So I was more surprised that Darius hit the chop block right. than I did they were, that they, they took over during the, uh, the pick and pick. And maybe, you know what, maybe this is, Again, totally, totally, uh, you know, fantasy booking here, but maybe this is foreshadowing or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they, they basically work over um, the knee injury for Mox through the pick and pick. Mox finally gets the hot tag. Claudio runs wild. He got the swing on Darius, who actually was not the legal man at the time he did it. Um, and uh, they, got adv- they got the advantage over Claudio and Darius got a near fall. Uh, Claudio did the double suplex of both of them together, which is always a cool looking spot. Eventually, it gets to a point where they're all just beaten up and laid. They're all kind of laid out in the ring together. Crowd was loving it. They did a big this is awesome chant. Um, Darius got the Spanish fly on Claudio for a near fall. Um, Claudio tried to do that flying forearm thing that still doesn't have a name, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Darius, Darius actually got a backslide out of it for a near fall. Uh, Claudio did get the neutralizer, that kind of reverse kind of front slam thing. Uh, but Darius kicked out of that crowd again, right? They went, they went, went, you know what? If like, I would almost argue that the crowd wanted top flight to win this match. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, they were right. It, like there yeah. was a holy shit chant. Yeah, yeah, they, right they were totally the into this. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Claudio's uh, giving Darius a ton of elbows. It looked like he was literally basically knocked out. Uh, Mox gave Dante the paradigm shift on the floor, so that took him out of the picture. And then Claudio, I like this extra touch. Claudio whips out his mouth guard, throws it away, gives Darius a killer forearm, and pins. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. That and was so, yeah, it was great. I loved I loved that this, finish. Actually, I love this match. Like I thought yeah. like it's so weird because Top Flight is a, a high flying actually no, it's not weird. I shouldn't be surprised because Mox and Claudio are really good. The fact though that these two teams gelled, I thought was it was really well done. You know, Top Flight got a lot of their stuff in. Yes. yes. Mox and Claudio look like killers, but they made Top Flight look good. I mean, I got nothing to complain about in this match. I thought this was great. And even like Man, like there was like because like I mean I noted at the match too, and like there was a ton of stuff going on uh, like oh, right yeah. after right after the pick and pick like you know like during that spin of Darius I think it was like Dante jumps over Darius and hits like a drop kick or something to stop yeah. the spin I was like yes and then that's when they hit some like because I, I I didn't know what they were doing I'm like yeah double team offense on Claudio for a near pin uh, like but there was just so much stuff going on in this match but it like. It, it, it wasn't a cluster. You know what no. I mean? It still oh, kind of no. made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it was, it was definitely not the chaos of say, you know, like a young, yeah, young bucks truck, yeah, right? which we'll yeah. talk about soon, anyways, right? right? So, but uh, no, no, you're right. It was good. It was well together. And honestly, the whole of issue of whose face, whose heel, really, it didn't really it didn't matter. matter. No, because no, like it, even at the end of the match, like when, when, when they won, um, like Mox was on the ropes, kind of clapping it. Dante saying, hey, give these guys a hand. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there wasn't a, you know, wasn't a beatdown or anything like that. It was just two teams that wrestled hard um, and, you know, showing respect. But, again, I like the, like, it, you know, you wanted Mox and Claudio to win because, you know, if you the, 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 we're teachers, we're, you know, we're yes, forged in yes. combat. And, like, you know, Top Flight had a great match, but they're still the young team. They're still the young guns. They're still working their way up. So, match made a ton of sense. I, I love this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so after this, they uh, go back, or they do a little quick recap of Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian and their interaction from the $300,000 Battle Royal on Rampage last week with um, uh, Kip Sabian tossing out Orange Cassidy. Uh, then goes to Renee and the best friends with Trent, Chuck, Orange, and Dan Housen are there on one side, and on the other side, it's Kip and Penelope. Uh, Renee said, you know, Kip, you asked for this time. Go ahead. Um, Kip laid out some quote. I'm not sure where he got it from. He said, the slayer of regrets, old and new, sought by many, but found by few. And then he called Orange Clementine, which uh, <laughs> it's stupid. It's You know what? It's stupid, but I like I actually laughed when he said that. Um, he said, we've done this dance for far too long. I eliminated you from the battle royal, and it's time for the final act where I peel that All-Atlantic title away from you. And Trent's like, hey, wait a minute. I eliminated you right after you eliminated, eliminated him. I should get the title shot before you do. And Orange goes, yeah, he should get the title shot before you do. And Trent's <laughs> like, are you sure about that? And Orange just said, yep. And Kip said, ah, oh, I look forward to this. And Orange said, yeah, well, it will happen on Rampage. 
So Trent, it's Trent versus Orange for the title on Rampage. Is this was this a tease of a breakup of the best friends? I, you know what, I I'm not sure, but I just like. Or was I, it just to get a match? You know, it'll be a one-off thing, and then that's they'll do the sportsman kind of like thing. I I, I I think I think it'll be that because I think what this does is it kind of it it um it uh, pushes the narrative that OC is just a fighting champion that he'll fight anybody. Right. Right. So. You know, like I, I, I don't see a heat. I mean, I think there'll be heat between the two during the match, but I think at the end of the day, you know, they'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll, everything will be cool between them. I, I can actually see this, like this is where maybe a Kip Sabian interferes and we get some sort of like conflicted ending where Trent's like, do I, do I go for the pin or no? <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder if mm-hmm. it's gonna be something like that because, uh, like, honestly. Like the way this is trending, it's got to lead to a an Orange Cassidy Kip Sabian match somewhere right. down the line, right? right. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, that line that he said to you, Slayer of Regrets, old and new, that one. Um, yes. It's actually it's a riddle. Uh, I, I oh, googled it. It's okay. Apparently, a riddle. The answer to the riddle is redemption. So that ah, also okay. makes that also redemption. makes sense. Yep. yep. With yep. the with the Kip Sabian character, right? Okay, so yeah, it, 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 I I liked it that because it actually makes me want to watch Rampage. Like I actually want to see Rampage just to see what they do with these guys. I guess probably because they've been staples of the promotion. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of curious to see what the plan is. Okay, uh, we had our squash match for this <laughs> week. Uh, it was Hook against some guy named Balaam Lynx. What kind? That's a horrible name. Yeah, that he needs to go back to the drawing board with that one. Yeah, I'm like, what? Uh, so it was really a squash. I mean, uh, Hook got the red rum almost instantly, and Lynx tapped out. So when this happens, you know there's going to be some after-match hijinks. Stokely comes out uh, with Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Uh, he said, he said every week someone, and then he coughs and goes, your father tries to convince <laughs> me that you're a badass. And he goes, but against Big Bill, you couldn't get the job done. He said he called them the Southwest Airlines of AEW. If you've been following all the travel issues Oof. over the past few past month, really, almost because of the weather. Southwest is not doing too good. No, uh, not at all. Yeah. Uh, they went to the ring to attack Hook. But then, of course, Jungle Boy comes out to take out Lee. And then Bill and Hook just faced off in the ring. And, of course, the visual with Bill being much taller than Hook. Um, and Big Bill was about to choke slam Hook, but then Jungle Boy came in with a two by four, corked him, and the heels bolted. So again, I don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing with Hook and Jungle Boy. It's not really where Jungle Boy should be, I don't think myself. Well, it's not, after it's the not... big feud with Luchasaurus, and the fans are so strong. Like, look at the end of this. They they play Jungle Boy's music. The fans were going nuts, uh, singing along and waving their arms. So I don't know. I hope. This isn't like a permanent thing with these two as a tag team or something. No, I, I don't think so. I think this is one of those, like, you know, the enemy of my enemy is your friend kind of thing. But right. it's just that of all people, Hook, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, beca- because, like, again, I, I know we belabor this point, but imagine how how much more logical this would be if, you know, maybe Miro was Jungle Boy's partner. You know what I mean? Like, so you've got a size, you know, you, you got, like, size versus size and speed versus speed with Lee Moriarty at this point, you you basically have two short dudes. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause like, here's the thing. Lee Moriarty is also bigger than jungle boy. Right. And Hook, right, right. 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 
And like, look, I, I know that they're pushing Hook to be this, you know, this this submission badass machine, but eventually he's going to have to sell and he's going to be have to be in peril. And mm-hmm. that yes, just exactly. like like this team doesn't make sense to me. Like, I mean, no, me I'll, neither. I'll give it a chance, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Okay, coming up next, we had the uh, Jericho recap of all the stuff that's happened on. We saw him getting pinned by Action Andretti. Then we (laughs) saw him asking Starks to join the JAS, Starks refusing. We saw Action Andretti coming to the aid of Starks. And then we saw Andretti getting fireballed by Jericho during this interview segment last week. Uh, Then it cuts to Jericho by himself. He says, Starks turned down the opportunity of lifetime when he refused to join us. Instead, you mocked us. He goes, you are foolish and small-minded and a flash in the pan. He goes, you have the arrogance and confidence of a superstar, but you don't have the tools. He goes, but I do. And on January the 4th in Seattle, I'm going to school you, Starks. I'm going to take you from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the ocean, and you won't know what hits you. He goes, I always win. And if you don't believe me, check out Andretti, who got a fireball in the face. He goes, Andretti... Enjoy the fact that you beat Chris Jericho. It's going to be the highlight of your career. Go back to the Indies and stay out of my face. And he goes, Starks, I'm going to embarrass you and put an end to the Starks experiment. So there you go. And we have the match with these two on next week's Dynamite. Good promo by Jericho. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got yeah. like actually the uh, the line that made me laugh was when he's like, you know, instead of you mocked us, you called us jobbers, you called us jazz holes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. About and he that. actually complimented him on that line. He said that yeah, was a good that was, one. That was a good one. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that match next week. Um, okay. So they recapped all this silliness with Swerve and Lee and the affiliates and all this silliness with, especially with, uh, they showed the clip of Swerve stomping a cinder block to oblivion just by jumping off the top rope when it was lying on top of Lee. Uh, Renee is with Swerve and the affiliates. Renee said what he did was disgusting. Swerve just laughed at her. Swerve said he got rid of someone that didn't believe in his vision. And he said, these two guys, Parker, and he didn't say the other guy's name. He just kind of said, you'll know who he is soon enough. And then uh, Wheeler Yuta comes in. He said he's not surprised that Swerve is out attacking someone who's not there to defend themselves. He said, I knew you were no good after final battle, but now you need this group of guys to help you. And Swerve's just like, come on, man, get to the point. Get to the point. You want something? What do you want? And Yuta said, how about we meet on Rampage this Friday? So it looks like Yuta versus Swerve on Rampage. Again, I'm I'm of two minds of this because I'm not feeling this mogul affiliate thing. Me neither. Yet, Me neither. But Swerve is a very good heel. <laughs> like, so I'm gonna give it some time. But man, like, like I'm I'm actually looking forward to a match between Wheeler Yuta and Swerve. I mean, it's just in in, in ring, it'll be good. <laughs> the match should be good. I'm. Uh, this strikes me as um. A gimmick. We need some kind of a good, like almost like we had this wicked acclaimed video with this week <clears throat> to highlight them and everything. We need something like that with these guys too, with Swerve and the affiliates. Some yeah, sort. like they need something because, like when Parker Burdo came out and then oh shoot, I forgot the guy's name, but he's got a name, it, 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 Graham or something like that. Anyways, right. Like when they came out, it, it like they haven't done anything to address this yet so i'm i'm still 
like what is going on and it just it's it's just a very weird yeah. thing it doesn't yeah. it's it's not there yet yeah yeah i agree that's that's what i was saying we need some sort of a little bit more of an explanation yeah. of why all these guys are together and like stuff like, like e- e- even when swerve said you know parker it's like well we do because, sort of yeah. because we're wrestling fans and we've heard of him from nxt but we don't really know him <laughs> you know what i mean like Okay. Uh, all right. Wow. Uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. This yeah, this was time. the this was the note challenge of the night. Here oh boy. <laughs> so this was this was uh, match number six in the series between Death Triangle and the Bucks and Kenny Omega. This one has been deemed falls count anywhere. So of course they take absolute advantage of that and the first five minutes or more is all backstage they start backstage callus i I guess we should have known because callus was already at the commentary table so i guess we should have known it's falls count anywhere they're brawling in the back it's chaos they had to do split screens at one point for this Uh, garbage cans all over the place uh, packed did a brain buster to Kenny on some pallet skids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> packed did this crazy moonsault off some risers onto the Bucks. Of course, there were some tables that just happened to have snacks and food on them. Of course. Uh, Phoenix gets flipped. It, although it wasn't as over the top as it, if it had been, say, the Fed, where they would have had big platters of coleslaw or potato salad or something well, that it, looked messy. This it, was just cookies and bags of chips it, and wasn't. Wasn't it's about anybody getting food all over them, right? Well, it, here's the thing too, like, because I I completely forgot they did a similar, uh, a similar um like start of a Falls Count Anywhere match. I think it was with like Butcher and Blade or something like that. Yeah, where they probably. started backstage. So I don't know why. I just thought they would start in the ring. So when they were like when they went backstage to the fighting in the that especially that like narrow hallway, yeah, I was like, yes. oh yeah, I forgot. Like this is a Falls Count Anywhere match. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I thought it was neat the way they they opened up the match. And they again so much stuff. Nick did oh, a yeah, crazy, yeah. Nick did a crazy dive as well off the top. Put Penta through a table. Uh, the only thing about this this has to suck for the live crowd because you know all yeah. this shit's going yeah. on backstage. And in fact. You know the crowd, but the crowd was excited because the minute they got close to coming up that ramp and coming out onto the ramp, the crowd popped. Like, like they literally popped as they yeah, made their way it out. Was, finally, it was, it was not, like I mean, yeah, they probably had to watch what was going on in the monitor. But yeah, as they came out, you could hear the roar of that crowd going right. And and uh, so they're all they're all brawling on the ramp. Phoenix climbs up above one of the entrances, does the crazy spin and dive off the oh. top onto all of them. Dude, like when when he went up, right? At at like when he was when they first show him up there, the Bucks and Penta and Pack were really far away, and I was like, "Holy shit, they need to I know, move I closer!" I know, I thought he was gonna run. <laughs> like, I thought he was gonna run yeah, and do some crazy dive. Yeah. I got I got scared when I saw that. I was like. Like, Phoenix is superhuman, but he's not that superhuman. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, thankfully, yeah, he waited until they were waiting. Yeah, thank, thank God. Because, like, again, I I appreciate everything that, like, guys like Phoenix and Kenny and the Bucks put themselves through. But, man, you do not have to do that to entertain no. my ass. Like, don't kill yourself for that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which they did all through this match. <laughs> yeah, 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 they did. Um, there was a great spot before they got into the ring. Matt was uh, doing northern suplexes and rolling pack down the ramp yeah. with the suplexes. 
Uh, Nick dives in at one point on top of that. They all go flying. And we get our first pick and pick before the match has even hit the ring. Um, in fact, I think they make it into the ring during the pick and pick. Yeah, like finally but, two people got in there. <laughs> yeah, but they were in there for like a cup of coffee and they were right back out on <laughs> yeah, the floor yeah. again. I, uh, actually, before before you move forward to, there was like, now again, this is me being the very nitpicky wrestling fan, okay? There, before we went to the pick and pick, and this is after Phoenix did the dive off the tornillo, right? Kenny hit him with like this crazy V trigger, but didn't yeah. pin him. And I'm like, why didn't you pin him? <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, isn't that, that the idea, good. right? So, well, I guess because they wanted to do this thing with Kenny where they kind of took him out. He got that the poke in the eye, and that kinda, yeah, yeah, like, no, no. It's just like log- logically, it's just like you know, you hit him with a V. Like, if Phoenix had kicked out, fine. But the fact that he didn't pin him, that was that was where I was kind of like, ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, you know, I don't like, know, maybe the idea that it's too early in the match. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, just just something I again, that's picky wrestling fan in me. So, uh, so Omega gets this poke in the eye. He gets taken out for a while. So they're all going at. I mean, Penta Penta's strangling Nick with a scarf in the crowd. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got a crutch. I don't know if he got that from a I, fan. I think, I think he got it from a fan because I'm pretty sure he handed it back to the fan. Oh my god, he had a friggin' I'm like scarf. I'm like okay, scarf. And then they cut away and show what? something else. And they cut back and he's got a crutch. I'm like what? Oh yeah, the, that one. Oh, sorry, that's what he gave. He got that from a fan because it was like he did the thing with the choking, and then he, I saw him hand it back to the fan, and I'm like. That's like that's a memory that that fan will have for the rest oh, of their lives. Oh, I know lives. for sure. Like he's yeah, gonna, man. you're gonna yeah, frame man. that Penta, thing. Penta tried to strangle Nick Jackson with my crutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was crazy. Uh, the announcers mentioned because they really haven't promoted this at all. But after Rampage this week, we're also getting an extra hour Battle of the Belts four. Oh yeah, that. I forgot. That's about this time right now. And they didn't even they didn't even talk about it. They didn't even really give us any of the matches for Battle of the Belts. Yeah, uh, they probably haven't booked that yet. I'm gonna guess that they're gonna announce some matches on Rampage, on Rampage and yeah. die. You know, like you know what they always say: more matches announced on Rampage or whatever. Well, I guess right? the idea is they'll probably announce stuff on Rampage and get you to stay, right? Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. and so. watch Battle of the Belts right afterwards because this is late. It's yeah. gonna be on after Rampage, so eleven o'clock Eastern yeah. Standard Time. Um, which, which unfortunately we can't watch live. No, yeah, no, we can't up here in, up here in the Northern tundra of Canada. Doesn't work. Yeah. Unfortunately, no TBS for us. Yeah. So James Um, Weaver, you're going to need to recap the show for us, buddy. That's right. (laughs) Uh, so again, the insanity continues. They've got Kenny in a garbage can. They're beating him up. Pac actually tries to pin him while he's in the garbage can. Um, you know what? The, The fact that Kenny kicked out with a garbage can on him. That's actually pretty impressive, man. That's I got I got to imagine that's somewhat limiting with your arms, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And, and even while you can't even see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um uh, yeah, this it was just crazy back and forth. The the Lucha Brothers did the fear factor on Omega on the floor, but the Bucks came in to break up the fall. Um yeah, look at this is what I have. this is insane trying to recap this. Yeah, like I um, I, I wrote Phoenix down. Phoenix is like diving all over the place. It's like fucking crazy. Like that was a thing. Like I wrote down a bunch of stuff, but at the end of the day, like I, I, I it was you like. You need to just go watch this one. Like, yeah. There, like, yeah. There's like, no recap you can listen yeah. to, I think. Oh, you know, you, you might as well just go to the end. Because <laughs> like, yeah. the ending, well, there was actually a, a bit of a story things. here. Right? There's a couple other cool things in here. You know, Pac tried for the black arrow, but he missed. Um, the Bucks got the BTE trigger on Penta, but Pack broke up the fall. Dude, Pack uh, in that last 
whatever two minutes of the insane. match. Insane. He he was breaking up everything. <laughs> like, all over the place. Um, they did they did a spot where Matt accidentally kicked Nick. Uh, and Pac rolled him up uh, into the brutalizer. Uh, Kenny gave Phoenix the one winged angel off the stage Oof. through two tables. And thankfully, that was the finish. It did not carry on. If it was an NXT match, it probably would have another 20 minutes after that. Um, but he put him through the table. So he pinned Phoenix. But at the same time, this was interesting how they did this. At the same time that we, that Kenny did this, we're already seeing Pac in the ring with Matt. And he's got Matt tapping to the brutalizer. But they set it up so that Kenny did his spot and got his pin before Matt actually tapped. So it was it, it was the elite and the Bucks that uh, or Kenny that win the match there, but they did this kind of discrepancy. So um, I don't know if that's going to play into anything or not. Uh, that, but that's that, it. That was a that was a neat spot though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like when they were in the like the pick and pick. I you know what? Here's again. This is very nitpicky. Okay, because I, I liked it. Like I liked that ending. But I, I I wish that the announcers had maybe emphasized it a little more. Like, you know, is Jackson going to tap before Kenny can get the one? Right. Minute? You know what I mean? Right. Like, if they right. had just set it up a teeny bit, a teeny bit more, I think it would have been way more effective. But at the end of the day, watching it, I understood what was going on. So, like, because when when Kenny got the pin, I'm like, I was like, Jackson tap. But Kenny got the pin, right? He got the yeah. pin, right? Like, yeah. If they had just sold it a teeny bit more, I, I think agree. it would be much yeah, more yeah. effective. But still, very, very effective. I was not expecting that ending at all. So we go to the final match. The Elite have made their way back. It's going to be in two weeks, though. It won't be on next week's Dynamite. <clears throat> January the 11th, LL, LA, and it's going to be the latter death match or whatever, however that translates. But you know what, though? I'm, I'm glad because I, I think you need to give this a break. Yes, like you, I you know agree. What I, mean? I agree, especially after this week's. Because honestly, this week was opinion, crazy. This was this was the craziest of the series, as, which as is far that's, as I'm concerned, that's, and that's, that's saying exactly, a lot. That's, look at that's exactly what I have written down. That might have been the craziest of all their matches, and that is saying something. Yeah, and and like, and, and not only that too, but it's it's in L.A., which is like like that's where the Bucks are from, right? And yeah, so you know this, and and then you know not only that, but. Like with the heavy um, like lucha crowd in California, I think I think the crowd is just gonna go nuts for this match. I think they're gonna go crazy. Oh yeah, and it's the final yeah. match too, yeah. right? The and it's a lot of match. <laughs> the only thing I would have I've loved the series, but I would have booked it differently. I would have let the Bucks get a win maybe in the third match. Yeah, yeah, match. Like, like, yeah. They yeah. they really, I mean. Sometimes this, the simple way is the best way, but they really telegraphed this one too much. Um, well, you know, you kind of knew the Bucks and Kenny had to win the last couple of matches. Yeah, like like we I mean, we, we we called it right when they said, you know, if if it makes it to a seventh match, it's going to be a ladder match. It's like, well, why didn't you even say that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I agree that like, or or you could have had that, but book it a little bit more like. Honestly, you should almost be having a three-three tie going into the final match, right? Which yeah, I guess yeah. have now. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen it build a little bit. I would have changed the results of a couple. Yeah, they, no, no, I, I agree. Like I, 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 I think they could have booked it better. I mean, look, they got to where they needed to get to, but yeah, like the execution could have been done a bit more effectively. Yeah, I think right? they just telegraphed it a little bit yeah. too much. And yeah, I, I agree. Like, look. 
I'm I'm okay with like three two, right? Like with the heels up three two, baby yeah. face your apparel. But like, you know, it would have been different if it was like, you know, two nothing for the but Death it wasn't. Triangle. It was like what? It was like three three one, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like so. like if it had been say two one and then two two and then three Yeah. Then then that's a bit more drama because I like again, picky wrestling fan, but Death Triangle is your trio's champion. You, you you're telling me that they can't beat the elite in like one out of three matches. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like the, you're gonna to, tell me they win three and then they can't win the next yeah, the, two? Yeah, exactly. And that that was that's sort of where I'm a stretch. Right? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that I, I I think that's the craziest one they've had. That match was which, just insane this week. Which which scares me for the latter match. I know. You, you know what they're gonna oh, you're right because you know these guys are gonna freaking figure out the craziest stuff yeah true enough okay after this we had this acclaimed rap video that i talked about off the top and we played i just <laughs> loved this i thought this was fantastic i actually i watched it through once to make notes and then i rewound and just watched it uninterrupted and the visuals um the lyrics it was so great and uh, uh, billy guns uh, like reactions to the stuff he was saying and that like, <laughs> it was so great. There was one part where he's like holding his ears, like, "Oh my God, you can't say that." I, um, I love how Billy Gunn is just all in with this whole thing. He's <laughs> totally loving it, and he's helping make it. He's yeah. one of the reasons it's so funny. Um, so I, I don't have it all, but I got some of the bits here. Caster says, "What you're doing on our show hasn't been relevant." since 2004 and you know they've got toy get they've got these people with them dressed up like lethal doing his macho man thing yeah, yeah, another yeah. guy dressed up like Jarrett from tna with a little toy guitar and he's got a little sign that says king of the mountain so they're making fun of all that um he called him he called him double a hole rather than double j um, he mentioned uh, Jarrett's attempt to form his own promotion, Global Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called him a carny. Uh, he dissed Lethal as Macho Man. He said uh, Jarrett was the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Wow. They even mentioned him stealing Kurt Angle's. Oh, uh, dude, that, what, like, I, I'll admit, when I heard that, I was like, man, I hope they cleared that with with Jared because that's, that's oh, pretty yeah. stiff. But you know what? Jared is so for the business. I, I'm sure whatever they wanted to say, he would have let it go. Like, I No, no, no. But, like, but, but again, like, I, here's the thing. You want to take shots at Jared and Lethal, go ahead. But – Taking shots at the dude's wife without clearance, I think you you gotta you gotta be careful with that. I'm, I'm sure they work. Yeah, no, out. no, I I do. Like it's funny because uh, Karen Jarrett tweeted uh, tweeted out something like, "What? What did I oh, just okay. hear?" <laughs> cool. um, they went after Lethal. They made fun of him imitating Savage. He said uh, his elbow is better. He doesn't have to imitate Savage. They talked about you know you're you're imitating guys from 20 years ago. You lost to Flair in his final match. You've been in TNA so long, you've got Stockholm. <laughs> you can't play the guitar a lick. I was fantastic. I freaking, I just loved it. I thought it was a great promo by these guys. And to me, it only makes you endear them even more to the fans when you do clever stuff like this. Actually, the, the thing is, though, the shot at Lethal, I thought was not stiff. I thought it was like, ooh, that's a good one. 
where he said like lethal was imitating people but no one was imitating him after yes. 20 years i'm like oh wow yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's some good stuff going on here if you didn't see it i'm sure i'm sure aew will probably oh they'll it'll be on promo. youtube it'll be on instagram it'll be everywhere man yeah, <laughs> like, they'll post the promo i'm sure as a separate piece so if you haven't seen it you should check it out because it was a great piece of work Okay, the ladies' match was next. It's a tag team this week. So Ty Mallow and Anna Jay, who are calling themselves Ty JS, um, since they're at Jericho Society. Uh, and it was against Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho, who was pushing the green. Um, green hair, green trunks all over the place. And this kind of like Ruby and Willow are reluctant partners. Like Willow, Willow is your classic baby face out there, all happy and jumping around. And Ruby comes out and kind of looks at her like, yeah, she eh. gave her, she gave her side eye there. And apparently, I don't know like about you, that kind of, I don't know about you look like, and that. It, so if you've been watching Dark, um, and I haven't, I just heard this, but if you've been watching Dark, they've been sort of pushing that reluctant sort of, you know, heat, not heat, but there's tension between the partners between the two, two, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was, it was okay, but it was, it was not a, a big part of the show to me. Uh, this was kind of where I kind of just fell asleep. For, I didn't fall asleep, but I, I lost interest. I have to say in the program for a little bit here. Um, but they did make the announcement during this match that Wardlow was in good shape and that he would be in the title match. So we knew that that was going to happen. Um, I thought it was neat when they went to pick and pick in this, it wasn't any kind of elaborate setup. No one fell out of the ring. No one did a crazy spot. They were just working in the ring, and it's like, okay, pick a pick time. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, basically it was, like, if if I'm reading this correctly, um, t- like, Ty did the thing where she moved Ruby off. Like, she, you know, she knocks Ruby off the apron waiting for a tag, and then Ty and Anna just started working on Willow in their corner, and then that's it. They went to pick and pick. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was no, yeah, you're right. There was no elaborate setup, which, is, which was cool. Which, well, that's just actually the way it should be. It sh- we shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to do an elaborate where someone falls out of the ring or they're in the crowd or whatever. This I like this. It's like, hey, this is the time right now. This is where they well, are. Like, and th- like, if I can get on a soapbox here, because it's not just AEW that does this, but WWE does this as well. It's like, like you can almost like you know put the template of a match together with the with the commercial break because it's like. You know, babyface is on top with the early advantage. The heel does something to knock someone off the apron as we go to break or pick and pick. Back from pick and pick, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, it was just nice to see something happen in the flow of the match. It's like, hey, you right. know, they're, they're taking over Willow, and, and now we go to pick and pick. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Ty and Anna have control for the pick and pick. Uh, they come back. Willow finally gets in there. She gets the lariat, the hot tag. Ruby comes in. Lays the shots into Ty. Uh, she got the no future on Ty, but Ty kicked out. Uh, Ty gave Ruby this nasty DDT. Ooh, her the tie. What, what did she call it? The DD tie. DD tie. Yeah, that was nasty, man. It looked yeah. to me like Ruby landed right on her head. Um, but she kicked out. Uh, Willow suplexed Anna on the outside. Um, Ty and Ruby exchanged some shots and they exchanged headbutts back and forth. And Ruby actually fell on top of Ty. Yeah. That kind of classic, you know, where the one falls on top of the other. <clears throat> but Ty manages to kick out. And Anna was about to use a chair on Willow on the outside. And Aubrey saw that. So she's trying to grab the chair from the outside to take it away from Anna. But this allows Ty in the ring. 
to throw a chair at Ruby and give Ruby the kick in the face with the chair. And uh, she got the pin on Ruby. So Anna Jay and Ty victorious in this one. I mean, it was an okay match, but, you know, nothing to write home about or anything. No, you know what? Again, to me, this is more story heat. Like, because, you know, Anna Jay and Ty have gotten the better of Ruby over the last little while here. You know what, though? I've been very critical of the uh, of Ty and Anna Jay with regards to um, sort of their work at times. I will give Anna Jay a ton of credit on this match, especially near the end, because I thought she did a great job of putting Aubrey in a position where the heat wasn't on Aubrey, where she did a really good job making sure that Aubrey was protected as Ty grabbed a chair and they did that spot. So kudos. Oh yeah. That one was completely well set up. I mean, yeah. Aubrey's back was completely, she's struggling with a chair. There's yep. no way she's going to be paying attention to what's yep. going and, on. And, 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 so. and again, like the way I look at it was who did I hate more, the ref or Ty Conti? And I, yeah. I dislike Ty, Ty Conti and it was like, perf- that's exactly what you need to do. So kudos to those two. Okay. After this, we go to a quick promo backstage. It's Lexi. The guns are leaving the building and she's like, what are you guys doing? Why are you leaving dynamite? And they're like, oh, we got a party we got to get to. We're the best damn tag team there are. And she says, well, but you're coming off this big win against FDR. And they said, yeah, yeah, that's true. We are. But we'll address that next week. And they left. That was it. Actually, speaking of FTR and somewhat unrelated, um, have you heard Dax Harwood's uh, podcast? There is a yes. There is a lot of talk at the moment that FTR are going to move on. because the, their contracts apparently are up in April. A lot of people feel they should go back to WWE. But uh, he has this, uh, you know, he's not exactly uh, the best of terms with Road Dog, And he's not happy with the stuff they did in WWE with that whole DX thing where those guys bumped all over the place for those guys. And apparently it sounds like backstage they offered no acknowledgement. I guess X-Pac was the only one that came up to them. Yeah, yeah. Thank like- them for the match. But... Uh, apparently there's some heat there, so I'm not really sure. I, I can't, I, I read one thing where someone said, oh, they'll just go back to the Indies. And I'm like, no, why would they do that? I mean, I know they like having matches with good teams, but I can't see them doing that as a career choice. I, you know what? I, I, I kind of wonder though, to, to that point, do they actually, you know what? They don't even need to. Cause I was going to say they go the, the Cody route. They do the Indies for a year, keep building their names and then when they come back they have a bigger name but i mean they're already acknowledged as arguably the best tag team on the planet so yeah i'm not i'm not sure like i'm, I'm gonna stay out of the the contract stuff and and all that stuff i just like like the reason i brought it up was because if you haven't heard it like it's actually like the number one podcast in sports or something like that like, <laughs> no you know what That's i mean like surprising. it's it's like it's in like the top 10 of a whole bunch of like podcast categories so if you're an ftr fan if you're a dax harwood fan i haven't heard it yet but you know take a listen it sounds like it's really good and it's hosted by a guy by the name of matt coon i i i kind of know matt coon from a former life he's a really good dude so um you know check it out yeah and this is just the beginning like this was the first one he's done yeah, i think yeah. right uh, he's just starting this and up so and, and i mean i think i think what it is too is it like you know just if you look at the trend with like like podcasts, especially wrestling ones, right? So the new ones will go to the top really quickly because people want to hear what they have to say. Right, sure, so sure. So I, I like 
maybe listen to the first few, but I'm curious to see how this does, let's say, in two or three months, because that's usually what that's, you know, that's when things start to level off. And well, I think the other thing that's causing speculation is they dropped the triple A belts at the show, the big show in Mexico. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now they only have the one set of belts and they have the match for those coming up in Japan. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, they're dropping the titles. Maybe that's the end. They're going somewhere else. So we'll just have to see. I mean, it's yeah, totally up yeah. to them. But but again, like again, I'm I'm going to belabor this point again. You had a prime opportunity to have FTR with all the belts, and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe they didn't pull yeah, the trick. Like, absolutely. I don't know what's going on backstage. I don't. Maybe there's a, a good backstage reason. But at the end of the day, you had the opportunity to cement FTR as the tag team on the planet and you didn't yeah. do it and i don't know why yeah it's it's never been kosher that they have belts from two other promotions but they don't have belts from yeah. the promotion they're in 95 percent of the time exactly it's ridiculous so. right okay so yeah we'll have to obviously pay attention to see what happens to fdr so the quick rampage rundown jamie Hayter will be there we're gonna see orange cassidy versus trent for the all-atlantic title uh jade uh defends the tbs title against kira hogan uh, Swerve versus Wheeler Yuta and Moxley will make an appearance. And then next week, uh, Starks versus Jericho on Dynamite. So we got to uh, the Starks end of the. We had Jericho early. Starks, she says, How you feeling about this match? And he says, Well, you know, I'm feeling better than my pal Action Andretti, who got fireballed last week. She goes, I'm going to do for him what he can't do for himself and get revenge in Seattle next week. He said, Jericho, I appreciate you calling me a star, but I am a star you can't control, and you don't like that I can think for myself. He goes, and you are not ending the Starks experiment because there is no experiment to be had. He goes, you're going to get the master class on January the 4th when I whip your ass. And as legend to legend, I have a big mouth and a big attitude because I'm Ricky Starks, and I'm going to take Jericho down several notches. And he said, why? Because I can. Um, I love this. Because it was a other side of, of the Starks. promo. Yep. He didn't scream and yell. He was very calm. He was very methodical with Rene. Uh, it was great. It showed another side of his character. And the promo got his points across. Uh, yeah. I thought it well, was great. And it definitely solidifies him kind of as babyface, too. Well, and, and here's the thing. That was a pretty good promo. And he's only going to get better. How yeah. scary is that? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's going to be one of the top guys for sure. The fact sure. that he's already demonstrated that he has range. He's not a one promo style, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it's not the same every time. Uh, so I thought that's one thing I really dug about this promo. It's like, man, all right, this is cool. This is calm, reserved Ricky Starks, but still getting your points across. And you know what? That, that's dynamics, man. Because if you, right. like, you know, right. how, how many times have we complained about this with Jericho now in commentary, but he's at right. 11 all the time, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. But you, right. you give someone, like, you know, you do a promo at 10, and then your next promo, you're down at, say, 5. And then the next one, you're down at 1. And then you come back up to 10. It just emphasizes when you get up to that higher level, right? Okay. So hey, here we are. It's main event time. We know that Wardlow is going to be in the match. Of course, Joe comes to the ring first with the TNT title. He proclaims himself the king of television. I love it. I love that so much. He proclaims himself the king of television and said, Wardlow was suffering from stage fright and he won't be out here. 
And he says, we even called up the Denver Broncos to see if any of them wanted to fight me. But, of course, they don't want nothing to do with me. So, of course, that gets a reaction out of the crowd, of course. Of course. Uh, so Wardlow, he comes down eventually, but he's limping. Wardlow did a great job with his selling. Yes, yes, he did. Match. Like, all, like honestly, through the entire match, he did such a great job here. Uh, so he got in there. He gets in there. He goes right after Joe. The bell rings. Um, of course, you know, Wardlow's selling. It's hard for him to do stuff. He can't run. He can't do power moves. He's limping all over the place. Um, you know, of course, uh, Joe sees the knee and goes right after it. He gives him the knee breaker, which looked crazy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He gave him the knee breaker. That led to pick and pick, uh, which this was good because he gave him the knee breaker in the ring. And then I think it went to pick and pick. Wardlow rolls out of the ring. Doc, They bring the doctor in. They check him out. But now I would have extended, I would have maybe played up the doctor out there a little bit longer because eventually Wardlow just throws everybody away and uh, Wardlow gets back in the ring and there's, and they're still in the pick and pick when this was happening. I thought that was a little early. I would have maybe kept them outside the ring for almost the bulk of the pick and pick. And, and in fact, he gets back in there and Joe tosses him out again while we're still in pick and pick. So the ref is actually counting Wardlow on the floor when we come back from the break. He, of course, manages to get back in there. But Joe just constantly on the knee. Um, at one point, Joe tried the superplex off the top, but Wardlow actually knocked him down. And then he did the senton atomico on friggin' Joe, which was nuts, but he couldn't pin him. And the announcers did a great job of playing up how his knees hit the ground during yep. that match, and it kind of screwed him up and stuff. Yep. Um, he did manage to pull off two German suplexes with the bad knee. Uh, he also did this wild twisting kind of moonsault off the top, but Joe kicked out from that. Um, and he did manage to give um, uh, Joe a powerbomb, but what they were doing is that Wardlow was already sitting on the top of the top turnbuckle, and Joe was kind of trying to come and do something, and they actually managed to Wardlow slip down and had Joe in position and gave him the powerbomb. So the idea was he had the help because he couldn't do it on his own. Uh, he tried for a second one right after that, but he collapsed the knee. He just couldn't lift Joe. Um, and then finally, Joe gets the coquina clutch on, and Wardlow passes out, just like Paith, uh, Ethan Page did in the first match. Joe passes out, or sorry, Wardlow passes out, so Joe wins the title. Uh Wardlow comes to and the ref's kind of filling him in on what happened and he realizes he's lost. Joe, of course, continues to attack him after the match. He corks him with the belts. Um, he got a toolbox from under the ring and I thought, oh, maybe he was looking for the hammer that Penta and Phoenix use on a regular basis. <laughs> but no, Joe wanted scissors. So he grabs a pair of scissors and we know what scissors mean in professional wrestling uh, outside of the acclaimed. It means somebody's getting their hair cut. Uh, the ref's trying to stop him. Joe kind of headbutts, pushes the ref out of the way. And then he cuts the ponytail off, which I love. Because you know what? You know what instantly went through my mind when What's he that? cut the ponytail? When Big John Studd cut Andre's oh, hair. Oh, that's and right. And he walked around yeah, yeah. for weeks with a bag of hair. 
man, Wardlow better have or Joe better have that promo with it or that ponytail with him every promo he does. I don't know. I would be great if he put it in a cheap little <laughs> like a sandwich bag. I'm not kidding in like in a Ziploc sandwich bag with Andre's hair. It was so I used to love. I got he's always come up and go. I got the bag of hair, Andrea. I love. It was so great. So I'm hoping we're gonna get that kind of goodness out of this too with Joe putting it in a freaking sandwich bag and walking around, showing it off. So got some potential fun promos there. Now I think I would have ended the show right here. I don't know if I would have added this on at the end, um, but Darby Allen's music hits. Joe's in the middle of the ring. Uh, Darby comes in, though, from behind him, comes in from the other side, doesn't come down the ramp. He's got the skateboard. He corks Joe with the skateboard. So it looks like they're going to have uh, Darby be his next challenger. Uh, you always have that story with him trying to get the TNT title back because he once held it. Um, yeah. I kind of like the idea of Joe just winning and that's your final image. I think this could have been set up on TV next week, but they wanted to do it this week. What did you think about that? No, I I agree. Like, look, either you're going to have Darby save him before the haircut or you do the haircut and you just leave it at that. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. To me, that's the image. Final image should have been Joe standing there with the friggin' ponytail. Exactly. Like, holding it over his head or something it like in that. The air. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. like, like, and, and again, I, I don't have any, anything against Darby, but I just thought that like, again, again, it's that sort of classic AEW thing where they almost try to fit a little yeah, too much in and exactly. just, just let that Samoa Joe heat breathe a little breathe. bit. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but again, yeah, that's, that's being, that's being really nitpicky. <laughs> right? uh, I don't know. I don't think it is because I agree. It's, it's something that they do too often. Yeah. You have yeah. these great setups for final impactful images for your show. And then you just kind of knock it out of the water with a whole bunch of other stuff afterwards. It's just, it's too much. Uh, there's like, no, there's no reason. Hey, you could have done a promo with Darby challenging him on rampage. Like you didn't, I didn't yeah, like, think I, it needed I, I, to or, be here. Or, or you know, you go off the air, and on your next show, you say, "Hey, you know, when we went off the air, here's what happened." And then you, right. you show it, and then you have Darby come and do a promo, right. or something like that. But yeah, like I, I just thought that you should have let that. Like I personally would have liked to have let that, um, let that. Uh, Me moment. too. Breathe. Just, just breathe, breathe. Right. Yeah, man. Absolutely, I agree. And and, and again, like. Like this match actually got me back into the show last night, but man, again, heat. <laughs> it was just so. Yeah, much- oh yeah, huge. Yeah. No. Um. You know, overall, I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great show, and I was. I I just I mean, it might not got a lot of eyes on it because it's smack dab between Christmas and New yeah, Year's. Yeah. Yeah. I just really enjoyed the fact that they just said no, no best of stuff. We're not going to get lazy. We're going to do a show, and not just a show, but actually a very good show. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like again, like live watching it, I hated it. But but again, because of the heat, like on like on sort of the second watch and understanding just you know what was going on, I was like, no, it was a really good, it was a really intense show. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I really dug it. And actually, I thought they did they did enough to get me interested to watch Rampage. Yeah, exactly. Which, so. which again, that's what you want. Right. Like you want your TV show to push your, your shows. Right. So, yeah. 
So I'm obviously we're doing this early on Thursday, and I don't even know our ratings even available anyways this week. Is everybody it, on vacation? You know what? It, it looks it looks like they will have ratings because I'm looking at uh, Showbuzz Daily, and they've got yesterday's rate or Tuesday's ratings, which oh, should okay. mean that we'll get Wednesday's ratings a little later on today. And if you know, depending on what they are, I'll, I'll put them on the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, I, I I know we talked about this off podcast, but just something for the patrons out there that are on the Facebook page. Um, be careful. Of what you, <laughs> we we got to bring this up. Do not post. Joe is going to kill you. Yeah, don't don't you post trouble. stuff like that. Like apparently, uh, the Facebook algorithm last night during the uh, dynamite post was pulling down posts. Um, due to it, from the way Boris was talking, it was like left, right and center. Yeah. And, and it was due to, it was due to quote unquote inappropriate content, which I don't think it was. It's just that Facebook algorithm doesn't have context. And just to give you an example, um, I got banned from Facebook for I think it was a week because I posted Joe's going to kill you when Samoa Joe came out to a match and Facebook thought I was going to kill somebody. So just be careful out there when you're posting. Again, we know that you're not you know, trying to be jerks or anything like that, but the Facebook algorithm is being a jerk. So if you're posting, just be aware. Exactly. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I, I'm guessing I didn't. Unfortunately, I just found out about this today, so I didn't get to see any of the posts either. But yeah, Facebook is notorious. I have so many friends that have just posted ridiculous, silly little things yeah. and they're they're banned for a month or a week or whatever. So and, and, and I'm actually and, surprised I haven't got banned myself, <laughs> but well, that's happened yet. Like and the thing is, too, is it like like Boris and I are, are admins on the Facebook page. So we'll we'll see that content got uh, taken down, but it won't tell us much about. Yeah, that's what, the thing. They what take or who? It down, but they, yeah, you, there's no real way to determine yeah, so, or what so, was the reasoning or like. So we can't even warn somebody if like you know like so Dan, if you got taken down, I can't warn you that hey, you might want to be careful with your Facebook stuff because we don't know. So just putting out a public service announcement that if you're posting on the Facebook page. By all means, go ahead, <laughs> be but, be, but be aware that Facebook is is really – they've got a naughty list going on right now. So. Yeah, and we are talking about wrestling where there's lots of killing and beating people yes, up and, and, stuff, and so. Yes, and strangling and, yeah, and there you color go. and bleeding and shit. So. Right, okay, so there you go. So there you go. Uh, on the big show, I think this it should be the uh, worst of worst show of, this week, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. And uh, the full-on uh, best of show is up with all the categories because the broadcast <laughs> – show we only got to cover part of it but i believe i believe it's up and it's free is it not i believe so yes yeah, yeah. i believe and it's up so if you want to hear the whole you know kitten caboodle of the best uh, show it is all up there and available and yes the worst of will be appearing this week and both shows were a total uh fun to do so i i'm, I'm sure still, you'll enjoy them i'm still shocked that uh Matt Ederer compared Nikki Bella to uh, Trish Stratus. Hi, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some blind. He was hazy there. Some blinders on there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Love you, Matt. <laughs> that was kind of bizarre. Hey, but, but that's it. The show and both those shows are filled with moments. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. There's no right or wrong here. I'm just I'm just giving. No, birth, no. So. We, had, we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so you for should sure. definitely check that out and uh joe and i will be back again next week with the starks and jericho match on Hell yeah dynamite and uh so that's it so enjoy everybody have uh, enjoy the rest of the break uh have a great new year's and we'll talk to you next year top guys out